This podcast is supported by Siemens, your partner for industrial-grade AI. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of our Industrial AI Podcast. My name is Robert Weber, and this episode has a bit of a backstory. A few weeks ago, I recorded an episode with Werner Faulhaber from Arburg. You can find it in the archive, but the episode is in German. And at the end of the recording, he talks about a research project with Insa and Strasbourg on AI and product development. He could not report more than that, so I should contact Professor Denis Cavallucci. And that's why I welcome Denis in Strasbourg today. Bonjour, ça va Denis? Hello, Robert. Yes, I'm, I'm pretty good. Thanks uh, for uh, giving me the opportunity of this interview and this podcast. Before we start talking about your Arburg project, please introduce yourself in a few sentences. Oh, in a few sentences, I am professor at the University of Strasbourg. INSA is a national French grande école. It's where I teach. And I lead a research team of 40 people divided into two groups. I have 20 professors and 20 PhD students under, under my supervision for about 15 years now. I'm teaching engineering of innovation in engineering school. And I do research in uh, automating uh, using artificial intelligence, the R&D uh, research activities, mostly those linked with ideation process. Mm -hmm. As Werner indicated in the podcast, you guys are working with him to optimize product development. What is the, the idea come about? Product development is a very common expression. If, if I would like to take an expression that is even more common, I would say innovation process. I'm mostly interested and we are mostly performing research in the first two stages out of a series of eight or ten of the innovation process of this process, which are mostly dedicated with problem gathering and problem solving. And what I mean problem solving, I mean ideation steps, creativity. The steps where when you need to call the inventivity of engineers within companies. And uh, obviously nowadays, I believe and we believe those stages couldn't be optimized without artificial intelligence. So this is a position that signify we need to perform research now to assume this claim. What does that mean, using AI in this process? Well, if you move back to the reality we are facing with, nowadays you have millions of documents and new millions of documents appear every day. We know that there is about 130 million patents. It contains 90% of humanity's technical knowledge. We know that there is approximately one new patent every minute and a half. There is one new scientific article every 15 seconds and uh, more than 500 new websites every minute. So the relationship companies has with knowledge 
has no common measurement as previously. There is no common situation. It's really an explosion of, a, we say, a tsunami of, of knowledge every day that company, if they want to be aware of what's going on with their field, will need to cope with. But you can't read all of this document, even if you narrow down the quantity of article to your field, you cannot narrow down this uh, too much. And there is a necessity to read and understand the content of this document. If an engineer is reading a paper, it will probably take him five to 10 minutes to read a patent and understand its meaning content. We believe if he has to do it with 100,000 patents, he won't simply do the task because it's too cumbersome. So there is a, a, a high chance that he's abandoned surveying the knowledge expansion on his field. We uh, would like to perform research to automate this task of human reading and would not like to do it like Facebook uh, or Google is doing, like summarizing text, providing info on a browser. We would like to be concentrated on scientific and technical knowledge. This is why the nature of the text we investigate is really important. That means that uh, we need first to study the structure, the linguistic structure of a patent. We need to study the linguistic structure of a scientific paper. And uh, uh, based on that, if you, you want to reproduce human understanding of such document, there are AI techniques that are made for that, like, like machine learning or like deep learning. And mostly also natural language processing as a prior event to digitize words and sentences. One more question. Let's come to back to Arburg. What data is flowing into that? What data do you use? Well, Arburg is in a field of competition. There are two, two realities that Arburg is facing with, in my mind, but I'm, I'm not an expert as Arburg is in its own field. But I'm, I used to be a plastic engineer many years ago. So I have. So you know the machines. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the technology. Yeah. So there are two problematic situations for Arbo. The first of all is the competition in his field with uh, the competitors from China, from elsewhere, from Japan, from, from US and, and, and from elsewhere in Europe or, or, or else. And um, how those um, competitors are inventing permanently. They are issuing patents. They are probably one patent about injection molding every month, even probably several. But to monitor permanently this patent and be able to understand, is this technological advance a breakthrough in my field in which I need to take into consideration for my own evolution or my own development. This is called survey in general, but the traditional survey activities in companies happened with humans, human reading documents. It can't be made with this abundance of, of knowledge arriving every minute the same way as it used to be by a human reading of, of everything. So this Competition and competitors is probably the first landfill for, for Arbor, being aware of what's going on 
on the planet uh, in, in injection molding and in all the fields in which Arbog field feels concerned in his uh, prof uh, industrial activities. And what kind of data do you collect there? Videos, texts, podcasts? What, what kind of data is that? That would be a good orientation for the future. Most probably, we could translate text, like the speech we, ha we are having together right now, into using, uh, using techniques like word to vec or else. We could transform it into, into data. And then play with words because we we have uh, ossiarized uh, this this speech into into sentences written sentences. Then we we move back to classical exploitation of this text. But um, there is a, an important step before it. It needs to be trained. But we go later to the train of the model because you you mentioned the second exercise for for our book. Yeah, the second exercise is forecasting. That we are surveying what's going on and what's happening in in a, in the in the competition is one thing, but also this is this is really a personal feeling. The um, injection molding and and plastic industry is a crossover moment of its life, and uh, when you see the rise of three uh, D printing and and when we you see the global regulation about carbon footprint, you understand that it can't last very long in such a way. So what's the next generation? What the next S-curve for that industry? And this is really a problematic situation in which those who have a little advance regarding to competition or, or those who tackle the right problem to solve before the other will have a, a high chance to win the game for For the next 30 or 50 years. But to be ahead of, of this competition, you need to have the right information at the right time. And this is a, a problematic of natural language processing. You mentioned how you train the model. I have one more question. Do you speak about papers? Do you speak about PDFs? Do you speak about websites? Do we speak about, um, I don't know, blogs? Because we speak about language and text, is correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And who choose which blog or which domain or which paper do you use for this model? Or is the model crawling around the whole web? Everywhere reliable, trustful knowledge is, in shape of text, is a potential target for us. The only thing we have concentrated uh, about right now is uh, patent and scientific papers. Why patent? Because patents start to be freely available. Not everywhere. Of course, you have provider that sells you services for a lot of money. But nevertheless, take the example of USPTO. USPTO is totally open. So you could have 7 million patents document in not in PDF, but in HTML format. So this text is, is largely exploitable by a machine which is not totally the case for a PDF. First, to transform it into some kind of format like XML, JSON, or whatever, in order to be processable. But so PDF is something that we would like to avoid if the database is making available and fully exploitable format, then this knowledge is interesting for us. Then you mentioned blogs and website. When can you say that the blog or website is trustful? This is really problematic, but... Uh, Our podcast is very trustful, I must Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm convinced of that. I'm convinced of that. So uh, how, how could we transform it into something exploitable? 
This is rather simple. Now you have means to transform speech to text but and then exploit the text. But the problem is the way we have this conversation together is, is largely different from a jurist, who, uh, a lawyer, who is re- writing a patent content. The, his speech will have a totally different structure and the wordings of his uh, written materials will be totally different. So the understanding of the human who reads such text is different. So you were mentioning training a corpus or machine learning techniques. Uh, what we have been doing is when this text is available somewhere in a proper format, it could be a patent, it could be a scientific paper, since it has a different structure, we need to investigate that structure with human experts. So what the difficulty when you start with a new type of text is to have the appropriate expert to understand, read it, and annotate it, because we are doing an autom- uh, annotation to understand the text content by expert. I, I don't know if you mean you understand understand what is annotating yep, the text. True, but true. Yeah. So true. you we ask uh, an expert to annotate uh, maybe two thousand patents. Uh, so sometimes we take a. So group it's an Arborg expert. For Arborg, uh, we 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 have not been that far okay. to annotate uh, plastic manufacturing text. This would be an ideal situation if you give me uh, ten Arborg uh, engineers to <laughs> annotate uh, two thousand texts of plastic manufacturing. I believe my corpus would be almost perfect. <laughs> so and perfectly annotated. But uh, nevertheless, this is really hard to have. Uh, expert people for a long time annotating text. So I could use my student, for instance. My student will, will sometimes are looking for internship of summer jobs or have their own uh, inside uh, junior enterprise, inside the school, who is ready to make some jobs for partners. We will find experts. Uh, you know, uh, understanding a plastic text could also be done with a ma- master student or somebody that is not an experienced engineer. Of course, it might not be the same quality as an expert, but uh, maybe sufficient to understand what we need to highlight within the text. So this this is uh, the, the crucial part, taking a text of a certain nature, having the appropriate expert who annotates it sufficiently that my model is... Uh, performing good results. After 2,000 texts annotated, if it's properly done, then the machine could do the job of the reading uh, almost perfectly and retrieve the information we need. Because this is the trick. The trick is which information are you looking for inside the text? And this is what differentiates what we are doing in my group than in probably in in other groups. I have one more question concerning the model. Which algorithms do you use and why? You mean for uh, for training? Yeah. We mostly we use uh, those who are uh, in bank in uh, in TensorFlow or in other uh, means and sometimes uh, this is a departure point and my PhD then are constantly looking for novelties. So I have five PhD students only dedicated to that text data treatment and they are surveying each new algorithm to, or, or each new promising area of AI, like maybe you have heard about the, the generative adversarial, yep. adversarial network. Yep. So 
every novelties that appears, they are testing it and, and in order to optimize the choice of the algorithm. But uh, we start with what is uh, available in bank. And fortunately, uh, most of the algorithm provider or, or platform providers like Google or, or else are, are uh, offering this for free for the, co the community. I have one more question. Do you have to retrain the model once again? Because then you get new papers, you get new patterns, and you have to retrain the model constantly? No, maybe finely tune if we are not satisfied with the result. We have been experimenting also being specialized in a field. Uh, you know, there are two poles of research that needs to be dissociated. Uh, the ability of an algorithm to retrieve problems and the algorithm to retrieve solutions. And these are really two orientations in which we, we invest uh, as much in both of them. Of course, it's not the same algorithm. We, we are for, to retrieve solutions. We are more, more in a question answering algorithm like, like Bert or Roberta or the, all of the algorithm of question answering. But what we would like to is to pair knowledge. Pairing knowledge means pairing problems to solutions. If we could pair problems to solutions, assisting Arborg to retrieve problems, unsolve the problem, and retrieve potential solutions likely to solve it. But uh, we are not interested to look for solutions in the field of Arborg, because if we look in the field of Arborg, probably Arborg would know the solution. So what, what's interesting is to associate two fields that are distant, Like, for instance, you, you probably have heard about uh, biomimicry or biomimetism. We ask a problem in a domain, and the document in which we are searching for solution is from nature. And then we pair problems and solution and submit to experts and say, oh, there is a, a living organism in nature that is already solving the contradiction between uh, uh, weight and mechanical resistance. And it's a pigeon bone. <laughs> If you could associate these two pieces of knowledge, it helps the engineers to pop out a, a solution in their mind that they probably wouldn't had if they would have been in a brainstorming situation on their own. But the next step could also be that you have this patent and you have this paper and then the AI has a has an idea what to do, not a solution, has an idea what could be a new product. But that is the end, I think. This means that you have automated the overall process yep. <laughs> of yep. problem formulation yep. and problem solving. Yeah. Why not? Why not? This could be a, a goal. I'm... I'm convinced it could be achieved, but not within this, probably not within this, the next five to 10 years. But there will still be a notion of choice at the end. Of course, you could rank the solution somehow with, with whatever means. But right now, it's still the human who decide <laughs> which pair of problem solution that is suggested by, by AI I take for the next step of my innovation process. I believe this is an interesting solution because uh, all the elements I have on my knowledge and my know-how makes me think this association is worthwhile in more investigation in R&D. 
How are the tools are integrated into the process? When I open a patent and then it will mark it the, the most important parts yellow or how is this tool working? Okay, we have built a platform. The web platform is named the Finder. So this framework for inventive design research and this platform Arborg has access to and Arborg could decide to constitute teams of, uh, of engineers who would like to work on a specific topic. Uh, so you could create projects, you could create teams, and you could dig into uh, the database we have so far. So far, we have made available through this platform two databases, the USPTO, which is totally freely open, and Core is a platform in UK that is making you freely available open source content from scientific papers. Uh, you know the notion of open science is more and more gaining interest in the universities and we would like now to to make freely available to everyone uh, the advances in, in science. And uh, the notion of open science is uh, more and more providing free and totally actionable access to, to scientific content. Core is probably the largest uh, database of scientific papers multidisciplinary and fully available, and we are making it accessible in our tool. So, uh, for instance, you are working in uh, how to measure viscosity uh, online <laughs> and real-time, <laughs> and uh, you, you simply uh, dig with keywords into these databases, and, and then we use what we call an ontology. Maybe you're familiar with these terms, but we, we've, uh, we have built an ontology of invention. What is the ontology of an invention? It has some key elements that we need to retrieve. And uh, so the concept, the ma major concept of that ontology is contradictory requirement. Like I, I need to improve something without degrading something, something else. So by, by searching for such, uh, Uh, nature of contradictions inside text, we are retrieving easily problems. Is this platform, do you welcome other companies or is it a closed shop in the moment? It's research, so it's uh, funded by uh, nine companies uh, in which uh, Arborg is one of them and uh, it's made available for all of our uh, research partners uh, freely because the idea for us is to fund the research. So we have created an industrial chair which is uh, throughout nations. We have partners from all over Europe, even worldwide uh, partners like uh, like Toyota. And they are um, uh, funding us. And with their funding, we are hiring developers, uh, data scientists, PhD students, postdocs, and we are performing all this research. So it's really R&D and industry-oriented research. What is the feedback of your customers or your partners on the solution? Right now, it's more like we are observing, we understand the orientation of it, but we still couldn't find the right path to introduce it into the company. So they are still wondering whose affair is it <laughs> inside the company? Is it the affair of the survey department, the innovation department, the R&D manager? They are still asking themselves, Who will cope with that within the company practice? It's very often the same problematic situation when a company face a new tool or a new way of performing uh, classical action. They are 
too much uh, used to brainstorming session between them. Having some kind of artificially assisted brainstorming session, it's kind of strange for most of the people. So there is a notion of acceptance, and which is a barrier that we are working with Argo, Werner, and, and many other people to, to overcome this barrier and find a, a, the right way to operate these tools at the right place and, uh, and at the right moment in the company within their development process. Do you have a number how much time cost you can reduce with its tool when it is working? Not really. We don't have enough feedback to, mm -hmm. to advance a number, but But a goal, maybe. Yeah, the goal is really to divide by a factor of maybe three the time dedicated to searching for information, uh, while improving the relevance of that of that information. So the impact of that financially or on the real breakthrough or advances is really difficult to estimate because we we have been experimenting the fact that even if we retrieve an information of a crucial importance for the company. It's not because, because we retrieve it that the company is using it and doing any profit out of it. Sometimes it, it's an information that stays on the shelf because this information is uh, somehow disturbing. And so they don't know really how to cope with that new information. And maybe five years later, they discover this information was important at that moment. So it's, it's really on the long term, that we will be able to estimate the impact of it. What we are sure is we are witnessing the defeat of the brainstorming more and more. Brainstorming, if you read on, on what uh, industry, uh, industry literature is saying about brainstorming, brainstorming is, is losing its capacity to cope with today's problem. The challenges for the planet are so hard to solve so huge and so numerous, and they appear in a permanent way to engineers and inventors that the brainstorming on its own couldn't do the job anymore. It used to be able to do the job in the 70s, but it can't do nowadays the job, and especially not in the future. So we need an assistant, and the assistant, obviously, artificial intelligence has something to do with that, And there will be companies with it, with it in the future and companies without it. And it will make a difference. I'm convinced of it. At the end, I, I want to know, what are your next steps with your platform or your AI solution? What are, what are your plans? Do you want to integrate many videos or podcasts or what else? What, what are your next plans? Wherever the knowledge is, we need to integrate it. So if it's in YouTube videos, if it's in podcasts like yours, if it's in whether the, the knowledge is, is landed and freely accessible somewhere, it, it needs to be considered. Since this knowledge will be in a new, new shape with new structure of the content, we will probably need to launch a new research program, uh, which will last two, three years. But after two, three years, we will have this as an additional piece of knowledge inside the corpus. So we will never stop until we have fully optimized. We need an invention machine, and, and we are running after it, PhD after PhD. So set of three years after set of three years. And most probably within the next 10 years, 
we will have a not fully optimized, but we, early, we will be nearly the end of a fully automated machine. Denis, thank you very much. It was a pleasure to talk to you and bon chance to Strasbourg. Yeah, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for your questions. <laughs>